Today's Calmer Solutions Hot Topic of the Day. Tonight's A-State football matchup with number 15, Coastal Carolina, will be blank, blank, fill in the blank. Getting a lot of replies uh, on this one today. And uh, let's see. Let's get a, an updated. Uh, golly, there's so many of them. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to play catch up here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Anthony Martin says state not only covers the spread, but our secondary shows out and we win by ten. Hashtag shock the world. So there you go. All right, as promised, let's head to the back in action hotline and welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Hutchison. Yes, Region Eight Sports Director. What up, dude? Well, it's a game day. It, it is. You played fitting music. To, I mean, you put you played fitting AEW music. I did it just for, for just for you. <laughs> just for you. Just uh, for you. I thought that you would enjoy that. That may have went over. That may have went over the heads of a couple of our viewers, but hey, yeah. the hardcore folks know what's up. Know what's up. That's exactly right. Well, man. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into tonight, uh, how's how's life treating you? Pretty good. I mean. Still getting paid to cover football, so I'm like, that, that, that's, I mean, great state of affairs. I'm happy for a home game because Logan and I have hit the road for too many miles over these last couple weeks, so the fact we have a <laughs> an A-State football game here in Jonesboro makes me happy because at least I don't have to drive that far. No, oh, trust me, I get it. <laughs> I, I definitely but, but get every, it. But, everything, but everything's good, though. Well, good, good, good. Family good? Oh yeah, Peyton's still running around being the the the, the most hyperactive three year old in the whole wide world. So he's doing good. So he's got a tablet, so he's 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 preoccupied for the time being. He's fine. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, you know, Chris, uh, you know, I've talked about this all week long, and and uh, of course, uh, you're as in tune with it as I am. Um, you know, this matchup. You know, this I, I call it the the kitchen sink matchup is what I call it. Uh, I look at how the first five weeks have gone for Coach Butch Jones and the Red Wolves, and and I call it the kitchen sink matchup because I personally believe they might as well throw everything but the kitchen sink tonight and maybe even toss in the kitchen sink at Grayson McCall and the Coastal uh, Carolina Chanticleers because uh, there's not many people on the planet giving Arkansas State a chance tonight against the number 15 team in the country. Understandable when you've seen how just the Red Wolves defense has just fared these last couple weeks, to say the least. And now you're going up against a one of the more unique offenses in the country, which is kind of odd that A-State's had to deal with this twice in five days, where you go Georgia Southern, everything but option, and then Coastal Carolina scheme, which I want to – I'm just going to call it a hybrid option. For folks that haven't really seen it, they run option sets out of the shotgun formation, which is very unique, and it's very hard for a lot of teams to stop, as you've seen by just they've pretty much blown folks out with the exception of the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. But these last couple of weeks where they pretty much took UMass and ULM to the sword pretty much where they can just beat you with an option. Grayson McCall can do it all with his feet or his arm, and if the running game's not working, they've got talented wide receivers like likely <clears throat> that can get the job done there. And for Arkansas State, it's a matter of can you tackle in space? If you can't tackle in space, there is no chance they can beat the Chanticleers. It's as simple as that. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, what I think, too, is, and, of course, this is something, you know, I've asked Coach feels like week in, week out at his weekly press conference is, you know, I'm, 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 
I'm more of a traditionalist, I guess, in the sense of I grew up playing sports, and if you weren't if you weren't cutting it, you were you you found your way out of the game real fast. And um, it it does feel like to me that this week that there is a shakeup. Of course, we already know uh, of a little bit of a shakeup on the offensive line, and uh, I'm a little bit partial to Jacob Steele. I felt like he should have been in there. I think the five best offensive linemen should have, should be what's going, and there's no way that anybody can tell me any different that he's not one of the five best offensive linemen on that team, and he's used to being the quarterback of that O-line, and I think that that's personally going to make a big difference, and, and I, I honestly expect a, a little bit of a shakeup on the defensive side too. It's, it's it's really all about stability there on on the offensive side where like we've seen they've pretty much thrown a couple rotations in there but mm-hmm. the end result is defenses are still getting to the quarterback whether it's Hatcher or Blackman so at least having that experience there of still up front to at least kind of calm things down when everything's flying around should help there and then defensively it's it's a matter of who can play? Just throw whoever out there who can play and make tackles in space and can kind of contain. Because there are a couple guys there, even in the midst of this, where you look statistically, mm-hmm. as a team, A-State's allowed the most yards in the country. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think we've ever real, ever it kind of expected that would happen going into the season. We figured... <laughs> on, pace, on, pace, on pace to, av- uh, to give up, Chris, at this point, on pace to give up almost 7,000 yards. Eleventy billion at this point, but <laughs> so even even in the midst of this, you've had two great individual seasons with Kavon Bennett and JoJo. Mm-hmm. So that's what it, it, it's very similar to last year, where you had Justin Rice had a monster year in the midst of a in, in the midst of a bad defense. So it's very similar to last year in that regard. Flip side is even in the midst of this. Bennett and JoJo have gotten pressure on the quarterback this year, mm-hmm. which has been kind of one of the underlying things that maybe folks have not realized, even in the midst of this. It's like, well, there is a silver lining, and that's been that so far. They've been able to get pressure on the quarterback, and that's going to be absolutely vital tonight if they can find a way to get to kind of make McCall uncomfortable, which nobody's really been able to do this year. Buffalo is the closest one that had a chance at that. If they can find a way to make McCall comfortable, they'll have a shot in the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, it's something I've said this week on the show is the two most consistent, most consistently good players on this team through five games have been JoJo and Kavon, period, point blank. I, I, on on any side of the ball, they, they have been the two most consistent. And I'll say this too, I was looking at this this week just out of curiosity, and, and it, this kind of gives you an idea, you know, when you look at three of the top four tacklers on this team are safeties, that, that kind of tells you all that you need to know. That, that means that teams are undoubtedly getting into that second and third level all the time. And when you see that the back end of your defense is leading your team in tackles, that, that tells you a lot. Uh, you know, it, 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 says, it says a lot about where this, this team defensively has been through five games. And it also just shows that how many, not just explosive plays, but mm-hmm. I would say intermediate plays. I call those the 10 to 15-yard plays, mm-hmm. not just the explo- you know, explosive 20-plus, but how many of those intermediate plays they've been able to give up this year. And, you know, players like Romanik and Switzer like, have tried to do the best they can with what they're working with, but at the end of the day, it's can you tackle, can you make plays in space? It's kind of all, all these things have kind of tied around where – 
okay, your safeties are the leading tacklers. Why? Maybe there are breakdowns on the defensive line in the linebacker course that allow them safeties to get all those tackles. And so can you contain that on that regard? Now, the flip side, both teams are on a five-day turnaround, not just Arkansas State. Coastal Carolina is in the same boat, too. So, you know, Grayson's coming in banged up. Mm-hmm. And no, their starting kicker banged up. Mm-hmm. Massimo Biscardi, but he may be able to play tonight. So, you know, not just A-State going through a little bit of the injury bug. Coastal is, too. Flip side has been they've been blowing a whole, peop- a whole bunch of folks out so they can just throw just folks in in the second half when the game's in doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. You know, I don't know this stat. You may know it, um, but I, I was thinking about this as well, and I was going to do a little research on it. But I'm, I'm curious how many third and longs this defense has given up this year. You know, I've I've seen way too many times where it's third and forever, and you're like, oh, okay, this is great. Uh, holy hell, they just picked it up. You know, it's you know you, you start playing the odds, and you you look at at the numbers and you're like, how is it that, you know, it's third 19 and the opposition is picking it up, you know, and they're picking it up with ease. It it's, it's insanity to me, you know, it's, it's, and, and I, I don't want to harp on it, but it's historically bad. It is. And it kind of goes back to what Butch has been saying. Coach Jones has been saying the last couple of weeks where they'll execute on defense effectively three, maybe two out of two out of three times and that third time, there's a breakdown, and it's either going to be a third and long conversion, or in the case of the Georgia Southern game, it was a touchdown. They were firing the cannon, and my ears are still ringing. But <laughs> it's it, – I mean, it was that. It, it, my ears are finally recovered from that, by the way. But uh, it, it's odd. Like, first down, second down, they've been pretty solid for the most part, but it seems like third down or the got-to-have-it plays, whoever's on offense – seems to be able to make a play every single time. And we even saw instances of that even way back in week one, the UCA game, where the Bears were moving the, moving it down the field pretty regularly in the first and second half. And I don't know if that was an omen of things to come. I mean, the Memphis game definitely was, where it's like, oh, this is what we're A-State is pretty much dealing with for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. But we'll see tonight. You know, hopefully – Hopefully things get turned around with the fact it's the first home game in almost a month, which is odd to say that, but it reminds me of those Arkansas State schedules from years past. It does. When they're playing Tuesday and Thursdays, and you'd have a month between home games. And so it's similar to that, but you just wonder tonight. My only question is, what's the resolve of this team tonight after four straight losses? where two of them, they had a legit chance to win. Mm -hmm. The only games where there was pretty much no doubt – no doubt L's were Washington and the Georgia Southern game. They had chances to beat Tulsa and Memphis. So can they kind of rally things around and just have a shot and just kind of bow up against a really, really talented Chanticleers team, a team that they hung with last year with most of the same players. Yeah. So you want to see if something's there tonight. I, I, I agree with you. You know, I've, I've used the analogy yesterday and, and I went back to 2016 and I, I thought about how bad things were around here, especially for those of us that covered the team. Uh, after the 0-4 start in, in 2016, including a loss to UCA, where that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for the fan base. And then, they, of course, they, they host Georgia Southern for the first game of Sunbelt Conference play, which 
this has now happened three times where they've played Georgia Southern for the first game of conference play. And, you know, and, and of course, it was an amazing 27-26 win uh, for Arkansas State, and it changed the entire trajectory of the team. But the reality of it is, if you think back to it, Chris, they were 1-4 then, they're 1-4 now. And the infamous players only meeting back then in 16. And, um, you know, I've been saying all week that, look, it's not like more players came walking through that door. It's not like there was a change in staff. It was none of that happened. What happened was the team locked themselves in a locker room and they said, we're going to get this right. And it was a lot of calling onto the carpet. It was a lot of accountability. The word, the word that I heard the entire week after that was accountability. They were holding each other accountable. If guys in practice were going half-ass in drills, they were called out. They were doing push-ups. You know, they started disciplining each other and holding each other accountable. And that team went on to win eight of the next nine games and, and knocking off UCF in the Cure Bowl 31-13. And I've been saying – you know, I've been saying this week, that's that to me is something that needs to happen. It's gut check time for this team. And the reality of it is we can talk about coaching all we want. I mean, we, we really can. But at the end of the day, the 11 that are on the field are the only ones that can make the difference. Truly, they're the only ones that can make the difference. They're out there making the plays. They're doing the blocking, the catch, the catching, the passing, the tackling. They do it all. And so it has to change with them. And, and you know, I, I still think to 16 – after those first four games, it was doom and gloom, and everybody was questioning whether or not this team would ever win another game, and it changed everything and went on to be a very, very, very good season, a, a Sunbelt Conference championship season, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious that tonight, could that be one of those nights? I wouldn't just say tonight. I would say the game on the 21st against the Cajuns. Sure. These next two games are going to decide the course of the especially, season. Especially from yeah. a division standpoint. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you start 0-3 in the league, you're toast. And if you start 0-1 against the biggest, the biggest bully in the West, then you're pretty much out of luck, too, and with the, how the rest of the schedule is unfolding, too. I wouldn't just say tonight. I would just say the next two, these next two games with a bye week sandwiched in between. But it's the matter of – it's kind of like that meme. You probably pretty much see on Twitter is the guy with the stick that's like poking the ground and just says, do something. That's kind of what we want to see. It's like, okay, Arkansas State, do something. These last couple weeks, like we've seen glimpses, especially from the offense. The offense has kept the Red Wolves in a whole bunch of games, notwithstanding the Washington game. It's honestly – it's more – Honestly, this is more on the defense than anything else. The offense has given A-State a chance to win at least three games this year. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of can the defense do something. Yeah, well, and and I'll say this too. The the reason why I say tonight, there's got to be signs of life tonight. This can't be one of those, you know, this can't be a 59-6 to loss. You know, this this can't be Coastal Carolina ULM type loss. It can't be. Um, because I think, I think we've reached a point, and like what we've talked about, four losses in a row, there, there's a lot of questioning going on. Uh, whether people want to admit it or not, there's a lot of doubt, self-doubt in, in, in the minds of maybe the staff as well as student-athletes because you start to question whether or not things are working. And it's just the nature of the beast. It's human nature. And so if you go in tonight and you're competitive and you, and you give it hell and you leave it all on the field, sure, 
Sure, no doubt. That gives you that gives you a couple weeks to prepare for Lafayette, and it gives you a little bit of confidence. But if you go and lay an egg tonight, uh, I, I'm not sure what these next couple weeks will look like uh, as you prepare for Lafayette. It's very similar. A-State's kind of in a similar boat for folks that may or may not follow the Sun Belt in depth like we do. Sure. A-State's in a similar boat to Troy, where it's a Sun Belt old, old guard that had a lot of success. But now they're kind of in this really – they're really in a turning point. That's the best way to kind of describe it. You know, Troy was like, hey, they want to have a chance to kind of win the East, and they're pretty much out of, the, out of, the, pretty much out of contention already. And Arkansas State's kind of in the same boat. A Sunbelt old guard that's used to kind of having these, these midweek national TV games, and now you're back in this position – and it's kind of one that they're not used to and they haven't been used to in a very long time where they're a significant home underdog. They're a 19-point underdog. Oh, 20 now. The largest 20 now. I can, 20 now? 20 That's now. one of the largest margins I can remember A-State being a home underdog. I don't even think when they were playing – when Missouri came to town, I don't think they were that high – That. That much I think the last time I remember, Chris, and it's been a while, I think when Eli and Ole Miss came to town um, – I can't remember exactly what that line was, but it was it it had to be very close. And just the fact there, I mean, twenty point essentially twenty point home underdog. No one is giving the Red Wolves a shot to win this game. No one, mm-hmm. and that should be motivation enough to like, hey, we, hey, we're listening. We're pretty much we're listening to the coaching. The, the players listening and the coaching that's there, like that, that we we kind of a lot of us, a few of us knew going into the year, this is going to be a little bit of a rebuild. We didn't think it'd be this much of a rebuild right. after four five games. Sure. So you just want to see something, anything, a close. I mean, I'm not a fan of moral victories. But this is kind of a moral victory mode. If A State can hold them within a touchdown or a field goal, that's kind of a moral win. Right. Yeah, and I said that earlier in the show. I said that in hour number one. I'm definitely not a moral victory kind of guy ever. Um, but what I'll say this, where where this team is currently at one and four and with the way these games have went, um, you know, I just want to see signs of life. I just want to see signs of improvement. And the reality of it to me is through five games, I haven't seen either. Um, we can talk about, the, the Memphis game, but still that, you know, when you're giving up 55 points and, and the amount of uh, explosive plays that the team gave up, that was tough. I mean, offensively it was fun, and, of course, we had the quarterback carousel. Um, but even at Tulsa, when I was at Tulsa, you know, when you have three one-play drives given up for TDs, that, that's, that's, that's gut-wrenching. I, I don't know that I've ever seen that in my life. And I've been covering sports – a big part of my life. And I don't know that I've ever witnessed a game where there was three one play touchdowns uh, given up by the same defense. I don't know that I've ever seen that. And so for me, I want to see signs of life. I want to see signs of improvement. You know, that was one of the things that I asked coach on Monday during his weekly press conference was, you know, he talked about how this team was a work in progress. And and I, I specifically asked him in what area has this team shown the most progress? Because I'm curious and, of course, he didn't talk about anything on the field. All he talked about was the culture, that, that, that the culture has greatly improved. And, you know, for fans, we all know this, Chris. You, you know this. Uh, it, it, fans, fans the like all want to see improvement on the field. They want to see wins and losses. You know, that, that's the thing that, that everybody is judged upon. 
And so for me, that that is probably the main thing I want to see tonight. I want to see heart. I want to see fight. And I want to see signs of life and improvement. That's what I want to see tonight. The scoreboard is the mighty equalizer. Like, don't get blown out. It's pretty much my whole thing for tonight. Don't get blown out. Because it's been back-to-back games where they, they, <clears throat> they've been blown out. It's like the one play that's been telling that's kind of a microcosm of this entire season was the Georgia Southern game. I want to say it was second half. The game, granted, it was the middle of Georgia Southern's 35 to nothing run. Mm-hmm. Still kind of ridiculous to say. Mind-boggling. Where Georgia Southern's running back looked like he was down for a loss, but because they didn't finish the play at all, he essentially sat down on a defender, popped up, and he was gone for a touchdown. That mm. play has been the Arkansas State season in one play, where the effort is there, the finishing is not, and it has cost him time and time again. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's shift gears real quick, Chris, before I let you go. Uh, I know uh, you've got uh, a full slate of, of action tomorrow as well. Uh, of course, FFN and uh, game of the week. Uh, let's, let, let's chat on the high school side. Sure. Our game of the week is 4-1 Valley View at 4-1 win. It's kind of a weird week for us because usually we'd have two to three games that were kind of game of the week worthy to pick from, and it's like, okay, we can kind of cycle through it. But this week, this was easily far and away the game of the week. It, there wasn't really a 1A, 1B, 1C situation where kind of going with a hot hand with win, both no, win and Valley V, both on four-game winning streaks. So something's got to give there tonight. I mean, tomorrow night, you know, both teams lost in the opener in completely different fashions. Win is essentially a field goal away mm-hmm. and possibly an overtime away from being undefeated, being a 5-0 and team. Meanwhile, Valley View played South Haven, Mississippi, and got just took the shed the first week, and they've been a completely different team ever since. We've gotten things going on offense with, with Carson Turley, and, you know, Valley View's loaded on defense. you got so many players, d- defensive line and linebackers, that can make plays and make plays in space. So seeing that go up against a potent win offense is going to be really fascinating to watch tomorrow night. You know, we've got a you know, couple other you know, solid games, kind of a couple under-the-radar games that folks may not realize are pretty, pretty much important. Green County Tech at Brooklyn's essentially a playoff eliminator. Mm-hmm. The loser of that game is pretty much out of the 5 East playoff race. That's going to be a, a massive game. Another game that may be under the radar that folks may not realize, Cave City at Pocahontas which going into the year I don't think anybody realized would be an important, that important of a game, but it really is. Both teams, 1-1 one and one in 4A3 play. Winner of that game, you're setting yourself up for not just locking up a playoff spot, but maybe have an outside shot to host a home playoff game. And in the case of Cave City, where they were on a giant losing streak going into the year, the fact they're even in this position is a testament with what, what – what, the cavemen have been able to do and they've been able to come back from. I mean, a lot of folks realize Pocahontas would be a playoff team. We didn't realize Pocahontas Cave City would be a a marquee kind of matchup to decide maybe how the 4A3 is going to unfold. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing too, Chris, and that's what I love so much about, you know, the the Friday Night Lights aspect of things. Um, You know, again, expectation level uh, with Cave City. I, I would say there was no expectations. 
And and if you looked at, ahead at the schedule, and, and I know you do, you know, you're looking ahead to kind of get an idea of, of what that uh, game of the week's going to look like. And, you, you know, you're looking at the schedule, and you probably looked at the beginning and went, ah, Pocahontas, Cave City. Nah, okay. Uh, and then, you know, and then lo and behold, you, you got to love it. You got to love the turnarounds you mentioned in your game of the week with Valley View and Wynn, uh, both lost week one, and, and to see the massive turnaround, especially on Valley View's side. That South Haven game was, was brutal. I mean, it was it was tough, but you see the response, and you gotta love that. You gotta love seeing that response uh, to go on that four game winning streak. And especially how the five A East is unfolding, it's better now. Nettleton's kind of up there on Nettleton, and it, it things are kind of setting themselves up for either a Nettleton Valley View showdown or a Nettleton Win showdown to decide the conference title. And this like tomorrow's game between the Jackets and Blazers are kind of be kind of a a fork in the road, to say the least, for both teams. But, I mean, you've got several other matchups there. Like, you know, a couple really, really big home, really, really big favorites going on the road, like Hoxie going to Corning, which should be a blowout, but you never know. It's always tricky to go to go to, go to Clay County and play there. But, the, honestly, it always seems this way. After week six or week seven, you kind of have an idea how the rest of the year is going to go. These two weeks are really kind of that turning point of the year where you could kind of see, okay, which teams are going to really have a shot to have a deep playoff run and which teams have a chance to maybe really surprise a whole lot of folks and make the playoffs. So it's always week six, week seven are kind of the turning points of the year. So tomorrow night's going to be telling for a lot of these teams. For some teams, can you take care of business? Like a Nettleton going to Paragould, can you take care of business and kind of do what kind of your do what you're expected to do, like a, like a Hoxie, like I mentioned, going against Corning, and then you've got some of the other like the marquee matchups, like the Valley View win, kind of prove it games. Who has who wants to have that shot to 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 claim uh, to be in the mix? I should say for a conference title. All right, one last question for you before I let you go. I, I couldn't I couldn't have you on the show and and not talk Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, of course, with your Red Sox as well. Uh, how'd you, how'd you feel, uh, wild card action, Red Sox, Yankees, uh, and now of course, you know, your Red Sox moving on. Uh, and then of course, you know, we're in the heart of Cardinal country, me being a Cubs fan. I, I, I wasn't, I, I don't think I was, I don't know that I was as happy about it last night as I thought I might be, uh, with the walk off by the Dodgers, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sharing the same bowl of popcorn that I have for the rest of the playoffs, but, uh, but MLB playoffs, uh, how you feeling? I'm just happy the Red Sox advanced because I had a pit <laughs> in my stomach the whole time. It's like, okay, Red Sox, Yankees, I'm waiting for bad things to happen. <laughs> and thankfully it didn't. So now, to be fair, Red Sox were kind of playing with house money anyway after last year's disaster mm-hmm. being dead last place. So I should be happy for anything, and I am. So even if they lose to the Rays, and I can't stand the Rays either, I'm like <laughs> – just I can't stand them as a construct of the fact, hey, we have a fantastic team and nobody watches us. <laughs> Not even our home market. And I make fun of my brother for that. He lives in Tampa Bay. Like, well, and, how come nobody goes to Ray's game? And, and, and I'm from there. Uh, that, that, is my, that is my original hometown and my family still is there. Um, and it, it, it's the truth. It, it really is. The retirement community does not come out and support the Rays. But in my opinion, uh, you know, I respect the hell out of what that franchise does, though. 
when you when you look at numbers and you look at uh, payroll and you're going, how in the hell do they consistently compete and end up in World Series? How does this happen? And uh, they they find a way to get it done. And uh, you know what's crazy is their stars move on and they still continue. They still continue to hang around. It's 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 pretty remarkable, honestly. Yeah, and what? Speaking of remarkable, I'm just surprised Jack Flair did not come in the game last night. I don't understand this, uh, and I never will. Even and as a Cubs fan, I cringed when Reyes came in. I'm a Cubs fan. I do not like the Cardinals at all. Of course, I don't like the Dodgers either. But when I seen Reyes coming out of the bullpen, I said, "What the hell is is Schilt doing? Like, what is he doing right now?" Uh, Reyes is is broken. Like he is broken. You you don't bring him in at that moment. If you wanted to bring him in, you bring him in in the sixth inning or the seventh inning, something like that. You do not bring him in, you know, in, in the bottom of the ninth, knowing that the game is on the line against the team with the highest payroll in baseball and the defending champs. You don't do it. And he did it. And a lineup where everyone, one to nine, can hit home runs. <laughs> Everyone can hit the ball out of the yard. The last person I'm take, I'm putting in the game is someone known to give up home runs. Perfect example, like it was the bottom of the ninth. I, like I want to like my lovely wife Beth, huge Cardinals fan, watching the game. I walked out for a second to kind of check on Peyton to see if he to see what Daredevil thinks he was up to. So I was playing with him. A couple minutes later, I walk back in. My wife has her head in her hand, and the next thing I see is. Somebody around the bases, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, let's see the replay. Let's see what happened. Because, like, you know, I played too much MLB The Show. So I know what pitches to hit and what do not throw over the plate. <laughs> and I saw what was thrown over the plate, and I'm like, you deserve to lose if you throw that pitch. In the bottom of the ninth, and Jack Flaherty is there. Who threw a bullpen session over yeah. the weekend yeah. and was not used at all? If I'm going to go down swinging in the playoffs – Playoffs is where you do the unconventional things. I would have put Flaherty in there for multiple innings. I would have put him in right after Wainwright. That's yeah. just me. Well, and here's if the I'm thing, Chris. Down, you know I'm this. Down with my two best arms. In, in, a, in a wild card scenario, it's one game. You cannot play yep. for game one of the NLDS because if you don't win the wild card, there is no game one of the NLDS. And I know, I know that that is what Schilt was doing. He was thinking Flaherty starts game one. I'm not putting him in there. I'm going to I'm gonna roll the dice. Well, he rolled the dice, and it came up straight snake eyes, and the season's over. And guess what? Flaherty ain't pitching the NLDS game one. He ain't <laughs> because there ain't going to be one for you. And it was stunning to me the fact it was 1-1. The Cardinals had a shot to beat essentially the best team that has ever appeared in a wild card game since this format has happened. No question. You have a chance to beat a 105-win team in in Los Angeles when no one gave the Cardinals a shot to win or to even get to this point. If you're in that position, you may as well throw Wainwright, and Wainwright did as much as he could. Yeah. And had a solid start considering well, the circumstances. Well, 0 for the 11. gave up was a home run. 0 for 11 yeah, runner, 0 for with runners in scoring position. will do it. Yep. Yeah, you ain't winning a lot of games that way. So, yeah, Cardinal fans, I feel your pain because – um, uh, I can remember way back when when a manager named Grady Little made questionable managing <laughs> decisions. So I feel your pain. 
Oh, I could probably give you a whole lot more of a list uh, as a lifelong Cubs fan. So uh, we'll we'll save that boredom for our listening and viewing fam out there. But, uh, well, my friend, it's always great catching up with you, and I will see you tonight. And let, let's just hope we have some excitement uh, to cover. And uh, most importantly, that I think, too, I really, really want to see – uh, the A-State fan base, Northeast Arkansas turnout tonight for Blackout Night and uh, a national television audience, an opportunity to to showcase this area, this community, uh, this program, this university. Uh, I just, I, I really, what I hope for is an outstanding environment and again, a very competitive game. That's what I'm hoping for going in. Besides, we don't know the next time the number a top 15 team is coming here. Oh no, no, we have we. That, it may it, it may never happen. You know, I mean, it hasn't happened up to this point. So, uh, yeah, the it, the the makings are there. This could be one of those perfect trap games. You never know. But uh, all right, my friend, uh, I will see you this evening and appreciate you as always. Thanks for the time. See you next time. All right, buddy. That's my man, Chris Hutchinson. Yeah, sports director, Region 8 News. 11.43, we ran long, but that's okay. That's okay. You had to know it was coming if uh, he and I got on the phone together. It happened. 11.43, we'll hit this break, and I'll go to break with a little more Tarzan Boy just for my man Chris. We'll be back. Tonight.